I was really hoping that today we would be talking about how the Orioles beat the Red Sox, how we have a real possibility of overtaking the Blue Jays for that last and final wildcard spot for this 2020 Major League Baseball playoffs. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, so instead, we're going to talk about the 2021 Major League Baseball draft. That and more, because I just like the duck, a Baltimore Orioles podcast. So who is in and who's out for this year's 2020 Major League Baseball expanded playoffs? I know a lot of us Baltimore Orioles fans were really hoping that the last two weeks would uh, see some life to this team, see a real push, a real you know step forward in that right direction where we became a little bit more consistent. Uh, we sure had the pitching, or it seemed like we had the pitching, uh, and we have the potential with our bats we lit up Atlanta Braves for 14 runs, so could we see a little bit of that O's magic? Uh, and you know what? Last night, uh, there was no magic. And so uh, I think that with each one of these losses, uh, it's just another dagger in the heart of our playoff chances. So who is in? Well, we know that uh, the way that the playoff format will work this year is that the top two teams from each division uh, will be allocated a spot and then two wildcard teams. Well, from the AL East, that's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays and New York Yankees. In the Central, it looks to be the Chicago White Sox and Minnesota Twins, although which team will get the number one seed versus the number two seed uh, is going to come down to the wire. Out in the AL West, it's most likely going to be the Oakland Athletics and Houston Astros. Uh, I don't think that the Astros have technically clinched that spot as they just sit a game over 500, uh, but it looks to be theirs to lose. In wildcard contention, the Cleveland Indians have really kind of locked down their spot. Uh, that was just a, such a strong showing between the Indians, the White Sox, and the Twins. It was really fun to watch. Uh, all three teams are going to be contenders in this year's playoff. For the last wild card spot, it's currently the Toronto Blue Jays to lose. Uh, we do see the Anaheim Angels with an outside shot. Maybe the Seattle Mariners, but as we start getting farther and farther down the list, the Detroit Chi uh, Tigers the Baltimore Orioles, Kansas City Royals, Boston Red Sox, New York Rangers. Uh, obviously, the last teams on the list are uh, mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. So what about the other side of the bracket? What about the, uh, the National League? Well, we can see out in the NL East, we've got the Atlanta Braves and Florida Marlins as the number one and number two seed. That seems to be solidified. In the Central, it looks to be the Cubs at the number one seed and the Cardinals at number two. And then in the NL West, we've got the Red Hot LA Dodgers, uh, followed by the fun to watch San Diego Padres. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that's not having fun watching the Padres play this year. Now, the wild card is, to its name, wild. We've got the Cincinnati Reds, the New York Giants, and the Milwaukee Brewers. All three teams sit at 500. Now, the Cincinnati Reds have 28 wins and 28 losses versus the Giants and the Brewers, who both have 27 wins and 27 losses. So this last week of games is going to be so much fun to watch. Now, 
the Philadelphia Phillies, before they got swept in a doubleheader against the Washington Nationals, look to be in contention as well. Uh, maybe they've got an outside shot. We'll see. The New York Mets, the Colorado Rockies, the Nationals, uh, the Diamondbacks, and the Pirates all look to be pretty much out of it. Now, unfortunately, the Baltimore Orioles will not be going to this year's playoffs. So what does that mean? Obviously, we're automatically, automatically going to jump to the 2021 MLB draft. And this has seemed to be a theme for the Baltimore Orioles fans for the past couple years. We were all so excited when we drafted Adley Rutschman. And then last year, uh, I think a lot of us were surprised, but we're starting to jump on board uh, with the Heston Kerstad pick. Hey, you know what? He could really turn out to be a, a great power-hitting um, you know, left-handed bat to be determined. So what's in store for the Orioles? What can we really get excited about in the 2021 draft? Well, let's start off with you know, what's changed. We know that in 2021, the draft's actually going to occur a month later to coincide with the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. So all of the different activities that go along during that weekend, the home run derby, the actual All-Star Game, and now the Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. And when it comes down to how they're going to determine draft order, all indications are, at least from the Twitterverse, is that they're going to do some type of combination of 2019 wins and losses combined with the wins and losses from 2020. So combine those two records, uh, and that's where you're going to get uh, your 2021 draft choice. So, for example, where we look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have an abysmal 16-39 and 39 record, obviously they would be in line uh, for that number one draft pick. But now, all of a sudden, when you add in their performance in 2019, uh, okay, they actually didn't have that bad uh, of a 2019. Uh, they had 69 wins and 93 losses. Uh, but now, that's going to drop them all the way back to number six on the draft order. Uh, same thing with the Texas Rangers, who had a pretty abysmal 2020 showing. Um, you know, but they're not going to be sitting at that number two pick. So where does that leave the Orioles, who had, I think by all accounts, a decent year, at least a much better year? Uh, you know, we weren't the Texas Rangers or Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, although if we had to play 162 games, I'm not sure we wouldn't be. So if we start looking at the draft order, when you combine the two seasons together, not a lot has changed from 2019, uh, at least in the, in the first two spots. So last year, we all know that the Detroit Tigers had that number one draft pick and the Orioles picked at number two. Well, when you combine the records, it looks like that's going to stay the same. Now, when we look at who had the third number, the third overall pick last year, that was the Florida Marlins, followed by the Kansas City Royals. Now, when we add in this year's total, it looks like that's going to be reversed. And for, the, for next year's draft, it will, it will be the Kansas City Royals who get that third pick and the Marlins picking up four. When we look down the list as far as how much have things changed from 2019 to 2020, we don't see a lot. We see you know, things like how uh, the San Diego Padres did pick at number eight in 2019, but based off of how well they played in 2020, uh, they're dropping back two spots to number 10. 
the same thing goes for uh, the Chicago White Sox, who picked at number 11 and will now be picking at number 13. The biggest swing was probably from the Texas Rangers, who actually had a decent 2019, uh, ended up with a you know, the 14th uh, first-round draft pick. They're now going to have an opportunity to select at number 11 uh, in next year's draft. So all in all, it's, it's, I think, a relief for the Orioles that we're not punished for uh, you know, a decent year, a year that had so many questions. So who really is going to be available? What, what's that look like? Who are the top draft picks uh, for the Baltimore Orioles? Well, I think ever since the beginning of the year, there was a lot of discussion among fans of you know, how, what type of potential does this team really have? Should we tank for Kumar? That was a, a real big trend and, and one that I thought was a, a bit gross. But um, I, I've ranted about this whole rebuilding process before. The idea of tanking uh, is, is just outside of my comprehension of, of you know, one, how does, how does baseball allow that to happen? Uh, and another podcast that I'm putting together, I, I'd really like to go into a couple of things where it would prevent this from happening, that you know, teams would essentially be punished. And there's all sorts of different ways that you could do this. Uh, you could follow the um, NBA's draft process of it being a lottery. Um, you know, maybe something like a salary cap uh, would remove uh, the ability for some of these teams to tank. That every, you know, it creates more of a equal footing among all teams, regardless of the market, regardless uh, of the bank accounts. You know, putting some parity between you know, folks like the New York Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles. That being said, when we look at who's going to the playoffs, we know, for example, that the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, you know, they don't have a ton of money to spend, yet uh, they're the number one seed in the AL East. Uh, You know, we see that the uh, Oakland Athletics are going to be the number one seed in the West. Again, not another big market team, not a team that spends a lot of money. We see the Toronto Blue Jays absolutely have a chance to make it in there. The Florida Marlins, uh, are going to the playoffs. They don't have a huge payroll, um, but you know a lot of these other teams typically do, right? The Atlanta Braves, the New York Yankees, the Houston Astros. These are big spenders in baseball, and uh, and again, they have they have great players. So when we look at who's really going to be available, um, sorry. So we talked about ways that you could stop tanking uh, a draft lottery, possibly a salary cap. One one specific. And this is a radical change, uh, is creating a uh, a two division tiered baseball league, very similar to what we see in Europe and really everywhere else that plays football, uh, and and it actually goes into other sports as well, where you have a top premier division followed by a second tiered championship division, and through that you have uh, relegation and promotion which I think would be so much fun for Major League Baseball. I think it could actually uh, help baseball deal with this minor league team issue. You know, one of the things that I, I, I kind of posed is, do baseball teams need so many minor league teams? We've seen how effective, at least for the Baltimore Orioles, it has been in having this off-site development center where players have specific one-on-one player development. Now, again, these are players that are ready to take that next step in the Major League Baseball. There's not too many, if any, players uh, at the alternate site uh, who are not physically ready uh, to go up and play in a Major League Baseball game if called upon. 
And so you obviously have to build to that. But how many different leagues do you need in order to accomplish that? And again, baseball is embedded into the, the fabric of America. Um, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and have fond memories of going to the Tulsa Drillers. I even had a cousin who played for the Tulsa Drillers. Um, so there's, I think that the ability to sustain those teams, albeit in a different structure, uh, would be beneficial. And I think that one of the problems that baseball currently has is they look to kind of cut back on how many minor league teams. This idea of a top tier and second tier baseball division uh, would actually help sustain a lot of these teams. Each team would have their own professional team and maybe two, maybe even three minor league teams. Um, and, and that's something to consider. But I tell you what, I digress. Let's jump back into the prospects. Who are we looking to draft? Where's it? Where's everything going to sit for us? Uh, you know, we know that this year the Tigers took Torkelson, uh, the power hitting first baseman that was almost the no-brainer, uh, probably as much as Adley Rutschman was a no-brainer for the Orioles when we had that number one pick. Now again, a lot of folks were surprised when we didn't pick um, Austin Martin for the second round, or sorry, for the second overall pick last year. Instead, going with uh, Heston Kerstad. But again, we'll, we'll roll the dice and, and see how that works. It's, it's great to have another power-hitting outfielder, uh, especially somebody that sits on the, the left-hand side of the plate uh, in, in a place like Camden Yards that is so friendly specific to left-handed hitters. Uh, you know That could really work out in our favor. So when, it, when we start looking at the top prospects for next year in the amateur draft, most of the top, at least the top few, uh, are going to be pitching prospects. So Kumar Rocker, the you know predominant favorite among all analysts, uh, you know, is a is a right-handed pitcher who just throws a he throws hard. Uh, so he he's been dominant uh, ever since you know high school. He was dominant in the limited games that they were able to play at the college level and looks to be kind of that that no-brainer first pick. Now, when we start looking at who's available at that number two pick, one, his teammate uh, is currently listed as the number two prospect, Jack Leiter, a right-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt. Um, he was actually you know, taken in the 20th round by the Yankees last year, but everybody already knew that he was headed to Vanderbilt. Um, but he looks, you know, he's an older kid, so he's 20, which is actually the same age as Grayson Rodriguez. So imagine having a you know, power, you know, a power thrower like Leiter coming in at the same time as Grayson Rodriguez, uh, they actually have a lot of similarities. So that could be a lot of fun, very interesting. I'm really not in love with the third overall prospect, Brady House, who, you know, is an all-around guy. I mean, if, if we were still talking about pitchers hitting, you know, this could be a, a Shohana Otani type situation. So he's a, a, a power-hitting third baseman, uh, and also got a lot of arm strength as a right-handed pitcher. So, um, you know, but again, he's a high school recruit. So he's coming out of high school. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what type of interest teams have. I know it seems like the Orioles have had almost a penchant for taking college players over high school players, although we did spend a little bit of money last year uh, in picking up a few over, you know, overslot guys, uh, you know, coming out of high school. We then see Judd Fabian, an outfielder out of Florida, 
and then another right-handed pitcher uh, coming out of high school in Christian Little. So those are the top prospects. I tend to center right on Jack Leiter, uh, the right-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt. Um, he, it seems like it would be a really good fit. I like that he's the same age as Grayson Rodriguez, and I like the idea of the year after Grayson comes up and starts pitching for the Baltimore Orioles, maybe in 2022, maybe in 2023, but right behind him, uh, our next top prospect would be Jack Leiter, a right-handed pitcher. So, um, you know, a lot to kind of consider, a lot that will be happening between now and then. The draft order could change, uh, but as I look at kind of where we, we sit, I don't think that we'll be dropping past number two. We would really have to lose every single game. Uh, and I don't think that the Miami, um, sorry, the Miami Marlins uh, or the Kansas City Royals will be giving us much of a run for our money. It would definitely come down to those two teams. So that's all I got. Uh, unfortunately, it's not more exciting news about the, the, the hopes of a playoff push. But uh, you know what? It's Baltimore Orioles baseball. And I just like the duck.